this episode of In the Hunt. This is Brian Bailey here in Charlottesville, Virginia. It's a beautiful September day here. I am sitting outside. Uh, I lost my internet uh, fencing inc- incident. I was building a fence and I cut right through the data line. So I'm still waiting for that to get fixed. So I'm sitting outside on my phone at 78 degrees and gorgeous. Mark Sweeney's with us as always. Mark, what's going on? I'm in Florida and it's an awful hot, muggy September day here. It's Second hottest day I remember all year, to be honest. I taught this morning. I thought it was going to melt to death. That's why I love the Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, it's uh, you You cutting your line reminds me of uh, me hammering out some rebar into a golf green at Grand Cypress here, hitting a, a uh, water pipe, Ooh. a three-inch water pipe right by the green, blowing the thing up, basically – uh, there was a 30-foot high jet of water going on the green. The turf was lifting up. It washed out the bunker. And it all happened at 5 o'clock at night, right when everybody was leaving. So we had to call the superintendent, get them to rush back and refill it. Um, it was an absolute disaster. And that was about 2004, I think. And I, I still have night terror about it. <laughs> where, where did the rebar end up? Well, the rebar, we were, it was the first golf course we ever scanned to test aim point. And so we, we put some rebar in so that you'd have some fixed points so that you kind of, yeah. long story short, the guy who did it was like, oh yeah, just, just hammer these in. And if you feel anything weird, stop hammering. Cause it might be a, it might be a water line. Well, I hit it and it went funk and I just went, oh crap. That's what he meant. And the next thing I know, it literally blows up shooting 30 feet in the air because it was right next to the pump house. So it, it was a super high pressure line. And uh, it was the marquee green at Grand Cypress South Course. It was a big elevated green and literally almost washed the whole thing down into a pond. Um, oh, it was so bad. So bad. Back, have you? So I've learned, I've learned to never <laughs> hammer into the ground if you don't know what's underneath you. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no, I thought I was safe. Uh, yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, uh, so uh, we're excited that everyone's here. I know our uh, podcasts have diminished. We're averaging about one a month, maybe one every three weeks. And really, a lot of that is being driven by the release of fuel. For those that don't know, we created a video channel where Mark, myself and Gareth McShay are three main drivers of a lot of content there. So a lot of our time is being up creating content there. We're going to keep doing our podcast. We'll shoot for every two to three weeks, but at least once a month. And, of course, if you want to see our pretty faces, uh, if you're not on Fuel already, uh, you can log into Fuel and see tons of well over, what, 200 Lots. videos inside of Fuel? Uh, two, 250, something like that, yeah. Videos.mygameforge.com if you haven't gone Perfect. There. So head on over there if you want to see our pretty faces in action. And uh, if not, you can definitely uh, you just, listen. just listen. <laughs> Close your eyes and pretend. <laughs> <laughs> which which I, I won't tell Gareth this to his face and I'm sure he won't listen to this podcast so we're good uh, my wife loves his voice so she would just sit there and listen to Gareth for hours he could just oh. be reading the phone book it'd be terrible especially when you're out fixing uh, fences in the backyard huh yeah no that's right <laughs> instead of the pool boy we have the Irishman <laughs> well at least he's not there <laughs> that's right good point good point um, so today's episode we're going to talk about uh, I guess this is a theory I had, and I've been, you know, I talk with a lot of players, and this is from juniors all the way to touring professionals. Uh, really, touring professionals, I get a lot of this question, and it's about the cut line. They, they're like, oh, my game, you know, I'm, it seems no matter what I do, I'm always sitting on that cut line. I know I'm close to, you know, reaching my goal, and I, I just, that cut line, I'm there, and I figure out a way not to make the cut. 
um, week in, week out. And they're all, you know, I'm hearing, I'm hearing excuses all the way from my pre-shot routines, not good enough. I need a sports psychologist. Uh, you know, my chipping is okay enough. Like there's a piece of my game that it's just okay enough. I don't have to worry about that. So I hear a bunch of reasons why, but I think it's a little more, it's a deeper subject than just, you know, just kind of a fling off of if I just did this, if I just saw a sports psychologist, I would get there. And I, you know, to me, I think it is, is the player's ability when they get on tour, especially on the big tours, when they first get there, their ability is cut line and below, you know, when you're 120th in the world or 150th in the world and the cut lines at 60, you're not quite there. Maybe skill wise, maybe there's some gaps in your game that you've got to learn to close so you can start pushing to that. So today's episode is testing my theory that the cut line, the reason that a lot of players struggle with the cut line is their games uh, just aren't ready or good enough to push them past the cut line. So what does some of the data say, Mark? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, you know, we did this fascinating uh, study a year and a half, two years ago on um, the probability of staying within a certain rank on the LPJ. Uh, it's called a Markov model where uh, we say, you know, top 10 players, um, 11 to 30, 30 to 50, 50 to 80, and outside the top 80. And what are the probability that you stay in that tier or move up another tier, right? And the highest probability was if you're outside the top 80, there's an 80% chance you're going to stay outside the top 80, which is not the greatest news in the world. Um, but there is a, a very large chance that you're actually going to stay outside. There's only about a 1% chance that you go from outside the top 80 to a top 10, uh, which means it just doesn't happen very often at all. And there's only about a 7% chance that you got from outside the top 80 into the top 30. So really what we saw here is that people, if they move, they only move like 10 to 20 spots at a time. They rarely made big jumps. Um, even the top 10, the top 10, there was about a 60% chance that they would stay in the top 10. It's actually a pretty good gig. If you're a top 10, you got a 50, 50 chance you're going to stay top 10 the following year. So um, basically it means there's not a lot of quick movement, you know? So if you're missing the, if you're a cut line or just below, you're going to be outside top 70, top 80. Um, most of those players stay there, uh, which, which, you know, a realistic goal would be if you're outside the top 70 or 80, just get inside the top 80. And that's all, you know, rather than trying to think, um, you know, try to figure out what your score has got to be just to get, you know, inside the top 80 and inside the top 50 and inside the top 25. Um, but you kind of kind of keep working your way up is what we're seeing. Yeah. I, I think that's fascinating because I, you know, I think as a player, there's some, a little delusion at times, on what it takes to win and what it takes, you know, what your game has to be like, you know, at the professional tour, you're looking at three, four rounds. And again, you know, the more data points, the, the longer the period is, it's, you know, inside of Game Forge, we talk about the uh, jack in the box that you never hear about them. Then all of a sudden they win, but four rounds makes it really hard for a jack in the box. You have to be good for four days on a pro tour to be a jack in the box. So I think a lot of these players that are in the top, you know, 80 and above, you know, they have that one round, they shoot four under, five under, but they come back to their mean of averaging, you know, one and a half, two, three over. So, you know, again, you know, they have that round and they, they kind of grasp onto that round and go, that's who I am. And well, no, that's who your variability is. That's you at your best, but you know, so you are you sometimes. Worst, yeah. And then you at your worst is going to bring that back to your average. 
So I think what's fascinating is what does those averages look like for the average? Uh, we'll use the LPGA because we had the Markov model. What kind of average does it look like for the LPGA female? What does that cut line look like? And what, what have we learned from that? Yeah, well, average cut line is roughly shooting about uh, half a shot below, below par um, per round. So they're shooting, you know, one under par for the cut line. Um, the interesting thing is we looked at also, you know, kind of, uh, what their high and low scores are and the, and the low scores for people kind of inside the cut line are about almost seven under par. So we're talking players who, whose low get down to, um, whatever, 60, 60, whatever, 66 yep. or five, no, 64, 64. And then their high is about six or seven above about six over par. So they're, they're rain. They've got about a third, 12 to 13 shot swing. Um, their highs get as high as, you know, 78, but their lows get down to 64. Um, but their average overall is, is about, you know, is, is below par basically is bottom line. And we've talked about this in the past where if you want to stay on a pro tour, you have to average below par. You can't average at even par. It's got to be lower than that. Yeah, and I think that variance is, is important because, again, nobody goes and shoots, you know, inside of, let's say, game forward time averaging, you know, one under. doesn't mean I shoot 71 every time I'm out. Again, there's a, there's a variance to that. But for the players that are outside of the top, outside of that, that cut line that are really struggling, you know, you're starting to look at that, let's say, that 120 to 180. What, what kind of variance do they have in their, in their abilities? Do they go as low? Yeah, uh, no, they don't. So their average score is about a half a shot over score, uh, over par. So they're about a shot worse per round than people inside the cut line. So they're averaging about a half a shot over per round, which is about one over, you know, um, which is, you know, two shots outside of the cut line, roughly. Uh, their low is about four and a half under par. So we're talking, you know, 67 and a half. Um, and their high is about seven, six to seven over par also. So their high is pretty similar, but their lows don't get as low. Um, and those are people kind of between, you know, 60 and 120. Um, they have less variance. And, you know, it's interesting because the highs are pretty similar, but the lows don't get as low. And their overall average score is about a shot worse than people inside the cut line. And there's that and there's that feel that I'm so close, right? I'm, I'm yeah. a half a shot. I'm one shot. Half a like, shot around. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a half a shot around. I'm, I, I missed the cut by one. I'm at the cut line. I bogey the last hole. And there's that sensation that they have, like, I'm so close. But again, are they? How close are they really is, is really the question. Because one shot at the pro level, a half a shot per day, uh, that's, that is, I don't know if you define that as close. Well, and we've also seen, uh, like, uh, men's and women's tours, the difference between number one in the world and the, and the tour average is only about a shot or a shot and a half. Yeah. You know, the number one in the world is about two, two and a half under par average, and the tour average is about one and a half under par. So, you know, one shot feels like you're really close. Um, but, you know, when you're, when you're shaving off fractions of a shot at the tour level, one shot is actually a lot if you've got to do that every single round. Yeah, and, and the, you know, the, the hard part, again, is there's 180 ladies, and you're all within two shots of each other. If you really think about it. Yeah. So <laughs> It, you know, of 200 golfers, we're all within two shots of each other, you know, overall by averaging, you know, for the most part, it's like, what can, you know, so again, does that half a shot mean a lot? That's a big number inside of that group. It's not like, 
you're playing against Mark Sweeney and Brian Bailey on the tee box where you can have not your A game and still whop us. Uh, right. Two, we need two shots a hole, not two shots, you know, for two days. So, again, I think that concept, I think for a lot of players and even some coaches out there is understanding that a half a shot is a big deal. And then how do I Huge. close that? Huge. You know, it's interesting. So if we go from 120 to about 150, so, you know, significantly outside the cut, um, their average score is about one and a half over par. So that's a whole shot worse, but their low is still about 68 and their high is still about seven over about 79. So um, their lows, their, their lows aren't as low, but it's not dramatically different than people kind of 60 to 120. Um, they just do it less often. So their average is higher. And it, it, to me, again, that, to, you know, what, I guess the big difference there would be kind of that offensive mindset of making more, being comfortable. You know, it's, it's a different mindset to be able to go 68 compared to 64. You know, having that ability just to keep going and not, you not start looking at your scorecard or your caddy going, oh, my God, I've never been four under through five holes kind of attitude. Right. So I think there's a lot of that, too. And I think a lot of that comes with, with maturity on the golf course and being professional, it's, it's being comfortable and, and allowing yourself to reach those numbers. Right. So the other thing we looked at was how many cuts they have to make. So if we look at a top 10 player um, this year, so far, 2021, uh, they've made about 13 cuts this year. Um, interestingly enough, if you go out to, you know, number 25 on the money list, they're only making, they're making about 14 cuts. So even if you're looking and saying, well, you need to make 13 or 14 cuts to be a top 25 player, that means you need to get enough starts, right? So yep. if you're kind of fringy and you suddenly start not making 10 to 15 starts, it's awfully hard to make your 13 to 14 cuts. And especially on the women's side, when they have the Asia swing and things like that, that are very, you know, close knit, like select groups where they leave large percentages behind. So I think on the LPGA side, if you're not in that top, that top 80 group, that top 50 to 80, that is a, you know, for, for survival purposes, you better be in that top 50. Um, so you get invited and you get those extra starts. And, yeah, uh, you're going to get three or four extra starts a year. Uh, exactly. Get, get and that, that matters. Yeah. What's fascinating to me is if we go, if, you know, even if you go to the top 60, they're, they're making 13, 14 cuts. Um, but then, and even if you go to the top 120, they're making 12 cuts. Yeah. So everybody, you know, everybody basically keeping their card is making at least 12 cuts. And then the minute you go down below 120 to kind of 150 in the money rank, suddenly mm -hmm. they're making nine to 10 cuts. So suddenly yeah. it's dropping quickly. And then if you go below that, it gets, it goes down to significantly lower, you know, three or single four digits. sometimes yeah. single digits, single digits for sure. So you need to get the starts. Um, and then, and then the scoring average, you know, what pulls the scoring average down is not necessarily, not necessarily your worst rounds being less bad. It's having more low rounds. Which I think is, uh, I think that blows up a lot of the, uh, um, what people believe in it's, it's, you know, eliminating the big round. Well, you're going to have the big round every once in a while. And yes, you want to, you know, save par, but having those rounds where, you know, again, you can go. 63 64 is huge on being able to set you up for cuts and put yourself in contention because again yeah, so what, what were the numbers to win again mark if you wanted uh, to win to win on the lpj you've got to be 18 shots below the cut line yep 
a lot of shots. <laughs> you, you, get, lot you, of get, shots. you get players trying to just get past the cut line, and then you're saying, yeah, well, the win, you got to be another 18 below that. Like, there's a big, big gap there. That is. And, and again, that is coming, you know, that's not coming from shooting two under every day. Uh, you know, you're not no. getting to 18. So, again, I think, I think, uh, I think a lot of people believe that taking away variance, you know, being more, you know, being a tight, you know, I'm, I average this and I want to be within it. No, like we've got to have that variance. And uh, on some weekends, that variance is going to kill you. You might be on the high side, but the next weekend, you might go four rounds completely low, but you need that, that variance. And, and I think a lot of that, again, it, it, I think that has to be something you think about in skills and training is setting up and allowing that to happen. Yeah. So here's a fascinating thing that most people won't realize. And since it's um, uh, Solheim Cup week, you know, I'm going to pick some of the Solheim Cup players. And I'm going to tell you what their worst round of 2021 was. And it'll probably surprise you. So here's all the players who have shot 79 or worse this year. Uh, Nelly Korda, Lydia Ko, she's not Solheim, but uh, Patty Tavitanikit, um, Nasa Hato- Hataoka, Georgia Hall, Brooke Anderson, um, Yelimi No, Austin Ernst, uh, they've all shot 79 or even as high as uh, 82 this year. And those are all top 25 players. Those are um, all about half. It's about half the Solheim Cup, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a lot. A lot. And if we go down and find more on the Solheim Cup, we're, we're going to get players who, who shot 80. Yeah. Um, this year, you know, but the interesting thing, if we, if we look at players in the top 25, who shot 62, we also have Nelly code, uh, Nelly Corda, Lydia Co, Nasa Hataoka, Leona McGuire, um, uh, Lee six, Jung Jun's Lee six. Um, and let's see who else has shot 10 under this year. I think those are the only ones I've seen who shot 10 under, but, but you've got five girls there who have shot 10 under this year. Who are also all top twenty-five, top twenty players. So their lows are low. And you know, their, their lows are low. <laughs> That's fascinating. You know, if you go outside the top eighty, um, you've got some seven unders, but you don't have eights or nines or tens, and you got a lot of three and four unders. Is kind of their best, their best score. So, you know, the the girls who are really winning big money, making a million dollars plus, they can they can they can go low. Yeah. Right, and they string them together in one tournament. No, I, yeah, I think, and again, to get to eighteen under, you know, eighteen better than the than the cut line, you know, you you've got to be able to, you've got to be comfortable with going that. And I, I just know, um, working with a lot of mini tour players and uh, LPGA, you know, not not the top ten players, but a lot of these ladies that are striving for it, you know, there there's a there's a point in their life when they finally put that number up, they shoot seven or eight under, and you know, they kind of look at you and go like. I never thought I could do that. You know, they there's a constriction inside of their brain. And and some of that was skill set too, but there was a constriction that just wouldn't allow them to do it and then once they do it, they're just like, "Oh." Yeah. There you it know, is. It, it's like punching my ticket like, "Oh, I get it. I am good enough." And you know, so I think again having the skills and making sure we're getting the right amount of greens and in positions and converting. But again, I think there is some of that, you know, understanding that okay i've just kind of hit this plateau where i do belong and i think a lot of these ladies that's that's you know that's kind of a big stumbling block for them you know the skills aren't there you're not going to get there but then believing and you know really capitalizing on par fives secret you need to be really good on par fives uh having that ability is uh is something they they have to work towards and, that, and again that's why in my theory of them banging their head against that cut line is we're learning they're just not 
going low enough when they have to. Their high numbers are equaling what everybody else is doing, but they don't have enough bank to allow them to slide past cut lines. Yeah, I'll tell you another fascinating stat that I stumbled across. If you take the top 10 um, women on the LPGA right now, all but one improved their scoring from last year to this year. Wow. And on average, they're a shot better this year than last year. Everybody in the top 10, which is fascinating. If you go down below, uh, you know, 80 on the money list, it drops to um, about 50% got better. Yeah. If you go down below 125, it's 50% got better. So, you know, what's showing is, you know, the girls who are at the top, they're good players, but they're still improving. So guess what? They're even harder to catch. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're getting better by a shot, you know, and if you're lower on the money list, you're getting better. If you're getting better, it's usually about less than a shot. So it's, um, you know, it's a moving target. It'll be interesting to see from 21 to 22 if that happens or whether 20 was just a weird year because they didn't play as much. Probably. Um, like if it's an outlier, but, but that's, that's um, I thought that was a fascinating number. Well, I, I think that's really good for juniors listening because if you want to go play college golf, you know, I've sat in many of, of rooms with parents and kids and they talk about, you know, I'm currently here, you know, I have great potential. I see myself here and they give you the reasons why they're going to be there. And I'm sitting there going, well, I have three freshmen and two sophomores right now that are averaging better than you and they're not getting worse. You know, so these players are continually getting better inside your squad. So, you know, again, I think there's that understanding of it's never a static field. Um, no. Play is always getting better and better, you know. I guess at some point the human condition won't allow us to get past a certain number. Uh, I don't think we've achieved that yet. So what you're really seeing, and I, I know I did a presentation inside of Fuel, so I recommend you guys go into Fuel, that looked at uh, improvements inside of collegiate golf from um, Colin Morikawa to Tiger Woods. Uh, Colin outscored Tiger over, I think it was about 20 years difference by a little over a shot. So there was a shot <laughs> improvement by, from Tiger to Colin from his college years. So, again, over that 20 years, college golf improved to be best in college. You had to be one shot better than Tiger was 20 years ago. And on the women's side, it was almost a three-shot swing. So the women's side's picking up very fast. So their, yeah. their inflection was really hard. But, again, that just kind of shows you there it's not a, a, a static number. It's not you got to be here because everybody is continuing to push. Everybody's getting better. better yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I think that's a danger with – with a lot of players, they start going, oh, I need to do this or this or this or hit, reach this number. Well, that number this year is okay, but that number next year is going to be a little worse. And then, you know, three years, five years yeah. from now, that number is not good enough. Yeah, and if you look at if you look at how much better they got, in the top 25, there's only – there's five girls who are two shots or um, better or, or better. So, in other words, most people are less than a shot better. But if you look at the, those who are two shots better, it's uh, Yuka Sasso – Patty Tapatanikit, who obviously had an amazing year. Uh, Leona McGuire, Aria Jutanagon, and Madeline Sagstrom, a student of mine as of recently, two shots better than last year. But oh, most of the other see. ones are between 0.3 and 0.9 shots. Must have been aim point. 100% it was aim point. <laughs> <laughs> That's my story. You know. The year's not over yet, so we'll see. That's we'll see right. if we can keep that rolling, keep that going. That's cool, but I, I think it's fascinating because, again – I think, you know, like many things in golf, it, it becomes black magic and it's mysterious. Why is this happening? Why can't I do this? Why can't I get past the cut line? It's really obvious that, you know, there's certain numbers 
you know, to, to achieve 120 or to, to make enough money, you've got to make enough cuts. And inside of those cuts, you have to score well enough in certain events and make enough money to get your card and earn these pieces. But again, you know, a shot, shot and a half is a lot inside of um, professional golf because you're, you know, the, the difference between player, you know, 120 and player one is a shot, you know, and again, it's, you know, I, I think for a lot of players, this will be a great eye opener and a great listen, you know, as they're kind of reassessing and retooling what needs to happen. And then what they need to understand is what do I need to work on? And I think Game Forge does a really good job of that. Shameless plug. Well, and we did this calculator last year, the year before. So, so if you come to me and say you need to be a shot better, can you get there with only hitting more greens? Yep. No, you can, right? Yeah. You're hitting 12 greens. Hit, yeah, if you hit 18. Well, if you hit it. <laughs> okay, all right, you got me. You burned me on that one. <laughs> Generally, your greens are going to be between – pro golfers going to be 12 to 14 greens. Mm-hmm. Like 14 is really, really high. Below 12, it's hard to compete. So you've got, you've got, let's say you max out at 14 greens and you're gaining 0.2.3 shots per green you hit. Um, that's still a half a shot at best. Yep. You know, half a, just by hitting two more greens, which is not easy. I mean, tell somebody to go average 14 greens to 12. Like that is, that's a big, <laughs> big change. You just don't do that tomorrow. No you matter don't do if you that got tomorrow, a so. man or a swing guru. Yeah, the reality is you hit a little more greens, you put a little better, you scramble a little better, and then though you get a, a quarter of a shot, a quarter of a shot, and a quarter of a shot, or a 0.2, 0.2, and then you try to get your half a shot or, or so from there, unless there's just some blatant low-hanging fruit like three putts or you know something yeah. like that. No, I, yeah, I think we've, we've really got to get that calculator in the, in the system at one point. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> we always talk about it, but we forget. Sorry, <laughs> side note. Um, no, yeah, but it's, but it's, it's almost impossible to get a whole shot from one area of your game. It's almost, imp- it's hard to get a half a shot from one area of your game only. Yeah. Especially the tour. Now, if you're a, a 90 shooter, yes, we can get you there. You know, you can make huge gains in one subject, but again, when we start talking competitive, you know, fighting for tournaments, playing big time competitive golf, whether that's junior high end junior collegiate all the way to tour, it is hard to find the shot. Right. So now we go back to our cut line people. They're shooting 72.5. They need to shoot 71.5. That's a whole shot. (laughs) That's a whole shot. You know, so again, like you said, it feels really close. um, But it's not, it's not that easy. Like you, you usually have to improve multiple aspects of your game to get that whole shot. Not not usually, you pretty much always have to improve multiple aspects. And if you don't know what aspects of your game, those are good luck. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it goes back to that feeling like, you know, that player sitting there going, I'm close. Like I'm butting my head, you know, I'm, 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 you know, in the mix every day. I, I'm, you know, a little above, a little below going to that second day. Like I have a chance, but the problem is, is again, it's, there's no bank. They're hovering, you know, they're shooting that 70, 76, 69, 74. They're, they're, they're just kind of, their variance is just keeping them right on that line. And it puts them in that position where, you know, it, it's, it, it's a, and then the psychological battle of starting to miss cuts. And now, you know, you're starting to listen to the guy that's building ball pyramids for you on the range and telling you how to swing it and telling you where to move your low point and all this great stuff. And you're starting to buy into that or, you know, worse yet, you're reading golf magazines or watching YouTube uh, and you're starting to take advice there. And then, you know, before you know it, you're, 
you know, you're slinging burgers at the uh, shake and steak. Shake and steak. Steak and shake. <laughs> for, for all you in the South. Right. Oh, we got those. So the other, the other interesting thing I came across doing this is that your variance, in other words, the difference between your high and low score at, for a top 10 or top 20 player is wider than it is for a 80 to 120 player. In other words, there's about 13 or 14 shot difference between their lowest and their highest. So let's say they can go anywhere seven under to six over, six or seven over for a top 20 player. But then when you go below the cut line, it's only about a 10 shot variance. So their average is lower. Their their higher their higher scores are maybe a shot worse, but their lower scores are like three to four shots worse than a top ten player or top twenty player. And again, that just goes back to bank. You know, having having the ability to shoot a sixty four is huge. You know, what does that do? The cut line's even, and I'm six under on the first day. I got some bank. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to go 71, 71, 71, 71. <laughs> That's exactly because you go 71 and then you have a bad day. You shoot 75, you're gone. You're out of the line. You're not even, you're not even sniffing it. You're you know, you're, 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 you're on the phone booking your flight to your next event. So, yeah, I, I think, again, it's Driving. just – What do you mean booking what? flights? That's Driving. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <I> too. <laughs> Hoping that your host family will let you stay the weekend. Um, right. <laughs> But, but I think that, that it's just a fascinating way to look at the cut line a little bit differently and, and what the data kind of shows. It's, you know, the, the feel of it being close is real. Um, but how, how to close that one shot is that is a journey in itself. Yep. So um, bottom line is got to get better. Got to get better. Always. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> Brilliant analysis by me there. <laughs> yeah, how do I do it? Well, one is you need to you need to use some sort of data tracking system. You know, I know yeah, of a really good track. one called GoForge, but there's you've got to start tracking what you do, and from that be able to interpret it, interpret the data, and figure out where you got to get better. Um, and of course, here at GameForge, another shameless plug: we we do consulting with tons of professionals. So if you need a phone call to walk you through it and it, maybe to help you, let us be your Sherpa and guide you through the treacheries and maybe take you from the, some of the areas where you might be wasting your time, you know, where you maybe maximized your greens or you're maximizing your impositions. You're not going to get a whole lot more. Where can we kind of parry off that and get it, you know, maybe work, look at a conversion rate or a, you know, a scramble number or something along that lines that can really change. P6. Yeah. P6, P12. And, and we talked about that uh, for those that didn't listen to the last pod or a couple podcasts ago where we had a, Albert in from the Canadian tour where again he was looking for half a shot and really for him it was it was coming from the short game area he's kind of maximized a lot of his components for offense um you know his his big journey was actually hitting a couple more p6s and scrambling a little better so I think for for professionals and and high-end players you really want to go back and watch that podcast because he really gives you insight on how to use um game forge and of course the next yeah. level and forge will help you there as well to really yeah, start that's a good one. definitely a good one worth listening cool, to the whole thing too any cool topics or anything uh in the golf world other than you're not allowed to say brooksy anymore oh <laughs> oh somebody's gonna say it somebody's gonna wait till sunday and say it just so they can get kicked out and not care about it um well college is back in session so we're gonna get the college players playing again which will be fun because they haven't seen them all summer basically 
Yeah. Definitely a lot of college going on right now. I know their first events are probably, you know, they're probably starting to look now. a week or two out um, for a lot of the schools. And, and I know we've been, we've been really busy with that, but uh, anything uh, teaching wise you've learned or anything exciting going on there? Um, the big thing with, you know, with the, the higher level players is, you know, I, I work with, I've worked lately with a, a number of high level LPGA players who have very solid fundamentals, nice putting setup, nice strokes, decent speed, and they just got the wrong target. Yeah. You know, you just, all you gotta do is just tighten up the target. Cause you gotta make five to six birdies to win, which means you've got to, you're hitting 13 greens. You need to make six birdies. That's, that's a lot of putting. And then they fundamentally, they don't have a lot of problems at all. It's just really, there's aiming the wrong spot, you know, and that's, it's nice when you get to that level where that's your, your only problem is I'm just not getting a good number uh, versus, yeah. you know, lower levels. Okay. I read it well, but I pull it or I push it or I'm open faced or I'm inside out or my speed's all over or whatever. It's a little, little more to piece together, you know, there. Again, that goes back into skill building and, and assessing your game and understanding where you are, what's happening and really being able to come up with a good game plan on, you know, what part, you know, if, if it is just read, you can fix read by going to take an A point lesson. Or if it's reads decent, maybe it's a speed or a start line. You've got to know where to go work. And the only way you can do that is understand, track what you do, understand what you do, and then kind of set up a game plan or find coaches that can help you get there. Yep. Find a good coach. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, good luck there. <laughs> <laughs> We're disgruntled. We, we, we do know of a couple good ones. You might have to travel a little bit, so you can always reach out to us. But, uh, yeah, finding that coach that matches your goals and what you're trying to achieve, I think, is uh, probably harder than uh, finding that one-and-a-half shots. No <laughs> doubt. Lower probability. <laughs> Low probability. No, I'm, we're, we're, we're joking, of course, but not really. No. <laughs> we're joking. No, we're not. Here we are. <laughs> no, but, well, well, I think this is an interesting topic. I think it's it, it's, like I said, this – this can be applied for juniors. You know, if you're an AJGA hurricane tour player um, and again, the you know, playing events that have cuts and understanding I'm kind of hammering that cut line or even collegiately uh, you don't see cuts per se, but that might be making a travel team. You know, the, the real question is, is what, what do I, what number do I need to reach? And then let's figure out how I can push past that number, what skills and where can I work hard to achieve those skills to, um, to give me that ability to, to, to create a little more variance and a little more variability in my scoring and get low when I have to, I think is are really good questions. And I think, you know, for me as a coach, especially as a collegiate coach, if a player walked in and said, hey, how can I get my uh, variance, you know, be three shots better? How can I do this? That, that would be a fascinating conversation opposed to, you know, what does my Sam Putt Lab tell me about my launch angle? Yeah, <laughs> that's a piece. Yes. But, you know, again, I think it's the, the broader questions have to be asked and then we can get minute and, and really attack those those small little little questions. But until you answer the bigger questions of what the main issues are and what I need to do to achieve that, uh, I think you're uh, you're in the, the black hole of golf chasing the uh, the rabbit down the hole uh, when chasing. Yeah, exactly. Instead of, you know working on maybe an area that would help you get to the promised land. Well, my, my first question would always be, if somebody says my launch angles off, I'd say, well, how is that? Is that preventing you from making putts or not? Yeah. And the answer is a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Well, it might be, 
It might be, it might but it be. might not be also. In my experience, that's probably the last thing that's preventing you from making putts. <laughs> that's right. But but again, it's 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 just, you know, it's it's just understanding that performance is more than a number. Um, I, I think what's, you know, this is kind of a side note. Uh, we haven't talked in a while. Uh, you know, I, I talk with players that have just gotten track bands on their own, which is phenomenal. It's a great tool. It's a great training tool. It gives you tons of information, but Every player that gets one, I almost always hear I had to put it away for a little while because I was getting too fixated on trying to find the perfect number. So, again, you know, it's kind of like levels inside of Aimpoint. We used to use levels a lot. Then, heck, I don't ever use a level anymore because people were so fixated on being perfect and making sure that the level gave them the number exactly and and finding value in that. You know, so I think, again, all these tools are great, but if you – try to make it be something that it's really not designed to be, you know, it's like using green books, you know, that they're trying to make something super duper accurate and perfect in a model that you can't be because you don't know where the pen is and you don't know where the ball is. So these models can't be perfect. Either they're scanned perfectly. You don't understand those relationships. So they're not really. And the angles. Pers- and yeah, They're not precise. Or... They're precise in what they're doing, but they're not precise in giving you feedback on what you should do. So, again, there's just a lot of misunderstandings. And, again, that's where you need to find the answers and the coaches and the people that can support you, you know, to find that one shot that can kind of show you how to navigate a lot of these pieces and get where you need to go. Yeah, you probably need to think about it as half a shot, half a shot, half a shot. Yeah, how do you eat an yeah. elephant, right? Exactly. Half a shot <laughs> one at, bite a at a time. So uh, <laughs> That's how I do so, tequila, uh, half a shot at a time. <laughs> yeah, but after about – two it's over <laughs> then they just flow down Finished. like water and, and then you end up naked in an alligator filled lake <laughs> <laughs> in ocala florida <laughs> oh, I, I don't know what that is <laughs> <laughs> no that's about accurate <laughs> that's not accurate been there no <laughs> but uh so uh, we're gonna go ahead and leave it on that note <laughs> on um, that note time to check out say sorry that it's taking us so long to get back to you we hope this was entertaining enough for you um i think the cut line is a fascinating idea um if anybody out there has any things that you want us to dive into as always provide us feedback and again i really encourage you all now that our video platforms really got a lot of meat on that bone i would really encourage a lot of you to go in there as a game forge member there's some free uh game forge materials we have the forging player series which shows you what's important when uh and all that's free as of right now but that's going to fall behind a paywall probably coming up quickly so if you are a game forge member and you haven't looked at this stuff you better get in there and then uh, we added tutorials in there as well to navigate game forge a little better we'll keep adding there but i really encourage you to uh take a look at at what we're uh trying to produce over there it's not your typical um internet video platform we're, we're doing a lot of information on knowledge um, it's just not, you know, I want to hit a draw. Uh, how do I hit up on a ball? It's not that per se. Uh, it's not a big swing tip repository. No, it's, it's more about golf and performance. So we really encourage you. If this is an interest and you're really trying to find that one shot, it really might be a good avenue for you um, to dive. In. Mark, you want to close us out? Yeah. Thank you for coming. We've missed being on here. Frankly, we just had, we've had so much going on with fuel and game forge and, and college is coming back and everything. So we're going to do our best to, to stick with it here, especially with the season starting back up again, a new PJ tour season coming up soon, a week or two away. 
Um, but as always, please send us questions. You know, a lot of times we get a lot of our, our best uh, shows is, are, are um, prompted by somebody asking a question. We're like, oh, that's a good question. Actually, let's go figure it out or let's go get the data on it. And as you know, everything we, we uh, present to you is data driven. It's not just our gut instinct. You know, we can pretty much back it all up. Um, so it's, uh, so we enjoy doing that. I enjoy doing it. I don't know if Brian likes it, but I enjoy doing it. So f- keep firing the questions off. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, you're, you'll be up in Charlottesville here in a couple of weeks. So maybe we'll, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be in Charlottesville we'll in about three it. weeks. Maybe we'll have to do another bourbon and cigar. Uh, yes. Rant sessions. Let's do that. You can make that famous, whatever it was an old fashioned. What was it that you the, made? They were old fashioned with, uh, the, yeah, with the, uh, apple brandy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> let's do that. All right. Done. Done. All right. So thank you so much. And, uh, we look forward to speaking to you, uh, come September, or late September then. Yep. Talk, Thanks everybody. Talk at you then. Bye-bye.